Hello, Orange fans, and welcome once again to Syracuse Basketball Postgame, presented by Krause Health, the official health care partner for SU Athletics. Speaking of health, the Orange with a get-right game at the Pete tonight. Big bounce back for Syracuse. They go from their worst ACC loss ever, 103-67 loss to North Carolina over the weekend. They complete the season sweep over Pitt tonight. A little bit more of a low-scoring game, but don't mischaracterize it. Syracuse shot really well in this game, and offense was the story of this game for Syracuse. 69-58, the final score as Syracuse improves to 12-5 and and 3-3 and overall in ACC play. This is a quad one game for Syracuse for now. I'm not confident that Pitt is going to stay there. Remember, quad wins are like a moving target. If a team falls below a certain threshold, and this being a road game, meaning any team you beat between 1 and 75 in the net ranking, that's a quad one win. Pitt came into tonight with a net ranking of 68. They've had a lot of tough games early on that's kind of bumped their net ranking. It's going to be tight for Pittsburgh to hang on to that threshold. So root for Pittsburgh the rest of the year. Root for Oregon the rest of the year. That at one point was a quad one win. That has also fallen below the threshold. That's a neutral site game. So that means between one and 50 in the net ranking and Oregon's at 57. But for now, it's a quad one win. It's a bounce back win. It's a get right game. And there's a couple things that really stand out in this game. First of all, who are these guys? Because you look at the three point stats for this one for Syracuse tonight, and the Orange go 10 of 17 from three-point range, which in and of itself is impressive for a team that has just not shot well from three-point range. Here's the more impressive thing about that, guys. Count them up. J.J. Starling, Judah Mintz, Chris Bell, Justin Taylor, Kyle Cuff, Benny Williams, Quadir Copeland. That's seven different Syracuse players that hit a three-pointer in this game that has been unheard of for this team to have that much balance behind the three-point line and this was one of the more balanced games i'm going to use that word again patient games that syracuse has played all year round you know that first pit game at the end of 2023 you have pit take the lead at halftime 38 30 syracuse roars back in the second half quadrier copeland a huge night in that first game with a career-high 22 points. Benny Williams had 15 points in that game. This was more about balance. And there's a guy that stands out, though, and it's not just because he's the leading scorer in this game. J.J. Starling had what I think is clearly his best game in a Syracuse uniform. He's had better statistical games. He had 21 points against Georgetown earlier this year, but you really have to love the game that J.J. Starling played tonight against Pittsburgh. He was 7 for 11, hit a couple of threes. It was the way he played, particularly that mid-range jumper. Add in 14 points from Judah Mintz, and that is that combination in the backcourt that Syracuse fans have really been looking for, which we've seen at times this year from those two. It's not the first time that has happened this year for sure. But look, that's the the J.J. Starling I think Syracuse fans were hoping to see. When he is confident in his shot, when he is at, at times, Judah Mintz is the point guard and he runs the offense, but you want that offense to flow through J.J. when he is playing that way and was just straight up balling tonight, confident, 
had a couple of nice uh, mid-range shots, stop and pop the the second three-pointer that he hit, stop, pop, shoot, bang. That was big. That was big, and it's a thing that you're going to have to need to see from the second member of that great backcourt down the stretch. This is one of those games. It was a quad one win, as we mentioned, for now. Miami comes up on Saturday. That starts three in a row at the Dome for Syracuse. Can they start piling up some wins here? Can they go on a streak? Can they get something consistent? The mental acuity of this team tonight to bounce back from that North Carolina loss, that's not easy. This is an immature basketball team that's trying to find its way, but they played just the perfect game to do it. And it's interesting because Jeff Capel was very critical of his team in the first loss, said they did not play you know, ACC-level toughness. He kind of questioned the toughness of his team. Uh, Pitches didn't shoot well tonight. They were 23 of 65 overall. That's 35%. We mentioned Syracuse's three-point shooting. But overall, the Orange were 47%, 25 of 53. Yeah, Jim Beheim would say it a lot. It's easier when the ball goes in the hole. But you know why the ball did go in the bucket tonight time after time for Syracuse because they ran a patient offense. They moved the ball. They were smart in this game. Syracuse only had nine turnovers in this game. They had 13 assists on 25 field goals. This was a team that just, I think, played one of its smartest games of the year, one of its more balanced games of the year, and you saw the result there. A 69-58 win over Pitt. So a couple other things to note here. Chris Bell was the third Syracuse player in double figures tonight. He did all of his damage in the first half. He had 10 points. He was 4 of 5, 2 of 3 from three-point range. Only played 16 minutes. But I don't think you can discount the game that Chris Bell had. He didn't play much in the second half. Autry with, with more of a smaller lineup in the second half of this game. So that's why you didn't see a Chris Bell. But he was big in that first half and showed how important he can be, the balance in this game. Justin Taylor only had six points. And I say that kind of in quotes because I like the two three-point shots that Justin Taylor added to the mix. We talked about the balance that Syracuse had from the three-point line tonight. Seven different guys hitting threes. If I'll take it. Baby steps. Justin Taylor hasn't been giving you anything offensively from Syracuse. I've questioned why he's in the starting lineup and in times why he gets the minutes, <coughs> pardon me, that he does. Well, hitting those threes, the second one in particular, he was guarded, it was catch and shoot, it was confident, and if he's starting to feel it a little bit, and if he can give you two or three of those a game, because that is primarily what he's out there to do. He had five rebounds in this game as well, but he's primarily out there to shoot threes, right? I like the buildup in confidence that you get from Justin Taylor. Benny Williams had 15 points in the first matchup. He had seven and five rebounds in this one. I thought he was a big second-half push for Syracuse. There was a little, it was almost like Big East basketball guys, a little pushing and shoving going on at midcourt. Quadier Copeland got the ball. He was down. He was jawing with Pitt. They were jawing going into halftime, literal pushing and shoving, and kind of like football, it ended up being offsetting technicals. So they, they kind of got away with it. And, look, Benny Williams has had his issues this year for this team, but you like that he was in there. He was mixing it up. He was defending his guy. Uh, look, Quadier Copeland just continues to do all the little things, big things, and everything in between. He had eight points and five rebounds in this game in 27 minutes. He had 22 in the first matchup against Pitt, so not the offensive explosion, but he's entertaining. He's fun. 
He brings a spark and an energy to the to the mix. He hit a three in this game, and I'll tell you what, guys, he is not a threat from three point range, but you can tell he's really working on his three point shot. His form is better. It was a contested three that he hit. Look, Pitt is not on the Carolina, Duke, Virginia defensive level. Let's be honest here. But if Quadrier Copeland could just give you a couple of those and can feel confident that he can stop and pop from three-point range, his game is just rounding out before our very eyes. And if he can add just that you have to respect him at the three-point line and you can't leave him open because there's nothing on the film right now for any opposing team that says, man, I got to guard that guy on the three-point line. But if you have to respect him and get out on him on the three-point line, I think that's big for this team. A uh, couple of notable things. Look, Peter Carey ended up with four fouls and had to leave eventually, but I thought he held his own. He only had seven minutes on the box score. He kind of got shoved around in the second half, led to that fourth foul and went out. It's kind of a surprise to see him in over Moni or Hema. I thought he held his own in there. I was pretty impressed from what I saw from Peter Carey. Take it for what it's worth. You, you get it in spots, eight to ten minutes, Hema didn't get the minutes tonight as they continue to work without Naheem McLeod in the middle. Malik Brown, not a great game tonight. It's going to happen. He's just going to have games where he's off two points, five rebounds on the night in 26 minutes. Uh, Judah Mintz, we mentioned at 14 points, seven of eight from the free throw line. He shot three of 13, but how about Judah with nine rebounds tonight? Five assists on the night. I think the most important thing for Judah was – I have said this on this post-game show and elsewhere, that he has got to know when to turn it off, when to be a point guard, when to run the offense. I'm going to go back to this word, when to be patient. Don't force it. That's what he did tonight. Didn't have his best game, didn't have his worst game, but he knew when to back off. He knew that J.J. was hot. He knew that he didn't have to just charge into the lane. That North Carolina game, look, they're down big, and you know you got to just the steal a line from Ghostbusters, lose the capacity, uh, the capacity for rational thought, and you're just chucking stuff up, but he's taken on three defenders and just not playing smart basketball. He played smart basketball tonight. Didn't shoot well, but he had nine boards, knew what to do, and he was the point guard tonight. Sometimes you have to be an offensive-minded point guard and be the offense. He didn't have to do that tonight, and I thought he played a smart game, and I think you got to take that if you're Syracuse. Like what Kyle Cuff brought you off the bench, including a three, five points in 11 minutes. And uh, there you go. That about covers it. But, you know, we really had to go down the list there because it was a balanced effort tonight. I think this is one of their best start-to-finish games of the year, one of their best balanced efforts on the year, moving the ball. I think a lot of those things that we've asked for in spots for this team and seen in spots for this team, we saw it all against Pittsburgh tonight. Enough from me. Let's hear from our Syracuse Sports Insiders. And becoming a Syracuse Sports Insider is something that you should resolve to do in 2024. I know we're 16 days in. Don't say Happy New Year anymore. Larry David would not like that. Way too late to say Happy New Year, but not too late to stick with your New Year's resolutions. And I think becoming a Syracuse Sports Insider would be a great one. Tell your friends, jump in the club. Here's how you do it. Just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. And what that allows you to do is text me directly anytime. I mean, I'm not going to get back to you at 3 in the morning, let's be honest here. <laughs> Sometimes I'm up, and maybe I'll, I'll shoot you one back. But you can text me anytime. I text you, you text me, especially during games, especially tonight, the flow of conversation going back and forth, the things you're seeing, 
Uh, we always do kind of like a halftime meetup, like, okay, what are we seeing out there? What's got to happen in the second half? So that. Anytime you guys have questions, a lot of you have questions about like quad one wins. Is this a quad one win? What's going on there? So I kind of explain that to a lot of our insiders. Whatever's on your mind, Syracuse sports-wise, send it. We're here. And you get priority on this post-game show, including let's welcome him in, folks. We got a new insider. He just signed up tonight. Johnny P, welcome to the Syracuse Sports Insider Club, my friends. By the way, um, John is a new insider. He'll get to try it free for two weeks. And then after that, it's just $3.99 a month. So try it free, two weeks. What do you have to lose? Most of you are sticking around, though, after those two weeks, and we greatly appreciate that. So Johnny P says, the thing I've noticed about Autry is how good he prepares his team. Bouncing back from a bad loss in the last of the Bayheim years, it seems like that would snowball and those winnable games would turn into losses. Nice to see the guys prepared and ready to turn the page so quickly. That was really important tonight. I was curious how this team would play, how it would bounce back to go from, I mean, Carolina is one of the best teams in the country. There's only two ACC teams ranked right now. And there's certainly one of them. I think that team could win the national championship. I think that team could be in the final four. Veteran team with R.J. Davis and Baycott and just so many great players. So that was not a, a, a level that Syracuse is even close to. This was a game that's on Syracuse's level, a team that they beat, that had confidence against it. you got to pile up wins, particularly when they fall in the quad one category. Again, I'm not confident it's going to stay there, but it's that as we speak. And it wasn't quite a punch-up game. It was a matchup that Syracuse had to take. But the emotional response from this team, and, and that was almost more important than picking up the win. I say almost because you pick up the win, and that's the big thing. But for an immature young team still kind of trying to find its way, that you have to be patient with certain things, the how was big tonight, and how they played was key. Gabe jumps in to say, beat Pitt week was a success. Thank you, Buffalo, and thank you, Cuse. That's right, baby. Go Bills. Go Bills. Huh? Here we go. I got a feeling. Buffalo's going to the... We'll stop right there so I don't jinx it. Cuse gets both its first ACC road win and its first win when being televised on any of the ESPN channels. Back to the Dome for the Orange. Lacey! Lacey, how's your boyfriend? Did he fall asleep during the game again tonight? Decent play all around by the Orange. The Zoo is closed. Not a huge crowd in Pittsburgh tonight. I think they're all still crying in their beer over the loss by the Steelers to your... Buffalo Bills, the zoo was there, you know, second semester, just getting underway, but by no means the intimidating Pete that Syracuse usually runs into. Jeff from Twitter, the days between UNC and this game have been the finest of the Autry era to get these kids to turn the page and come out by far the better team in a road conference 50-50 game. Well said there, Jeff, about the matchup. He agrees with Johnny P about how Autry had this team ready to go and he notes it's a remarkable testament to his coaching ability let's hear from brian c who texted to say that su shoots almost 60 percent from three 47 percent from the game they out tough pit again which was great to see took care of the ball but this game was all about su shooting and pit struggles look i think that has to be noted i think pittsburgh kind of shot itself in the foot tonight there was some bad fouls there was one play one thing that Pitt did not take advantage of was their offensive rebounding. So they out-rebounded Syracuse in the offensive rebounding category 15-6, to 6, 
but they only got 10 second chance points. They did not cash that in, and they were not smart about it either. Pitt outscored Syracuse in the paint, by the way, 30-14. to 14. And I'm watching this game saying, why aren't they going inside more? Syracuse had that small lineup. Peter Carey had four fouls. Malik Brown's not exactly killing it tonight. Pitt should have kept going inside. That's what good teams do. Jeff Capel, I think, kind of dropped the ball there. Blake Hinson, offensive rebound, gets a three, and he shot it from Philadelphia. So I think Pitt certainly didn't help itself tonight. Henson played a little better than he has lately. I mean, he was 4 of 17, 2 of 11 from three-point range, but ended up with 12 points, a low with 20 to lead Pitt tonight. But I, I think they, you know, not shooting well certainly didn't help, but I don't think they played a smart game. Syracuse played the smarter, more patient game tonight. Paulie G on the screen for a bit there. It says, best Syracuse has played in a while. Way to bounce back. After the UNC game, a much-needed quad one win. Let's build on this against Miami on Saturday. Evan C., who, by the way, my guy Evan, the very first person to sign up to be a Syracuse Sports Insider. And he's still with us here just over, uh, boy, when did we start this thing? Late November? Evan was first on board. Says, Bell has his limitations, but we're such a better team when he's out there Really the only guy who can stretch the floor. And that goes back, Evan, to what we saw in the first half. They needed that. They needed to start to get some separation. He was confident. He had a great breakaway dunk, good shots, 10 points, chipped in. It's something. There's just been too many games where Chris Bell has not been a factor tonight. Justin Taylor, you walk away saying, okay, had a couple of threes, gave him something, which is better than the literal donuts he's put up in some recent games on the offensive end. All that adds up in a game like tonight, as Jeff put it, in a 50-50 game. Let's keep it rolling here from our insiders. Craig B says, love the confidence of Peter Carey. The dots aren't connecting for him quite yet, but I saw something in that half from him. I see a significant contributor in the future. Um, Naeem McLeod tweeted today, by the way, thank God, and I think he had the prayer emoji going there. I think he got a good report from his doctor. I'm just speculating. I don't know. We're, we're kind of, I, I believe Donna Detota and Mike Waters, we're going to ask about it a little bit after the game. So we'll get an update from Coach Autry, who, by the way, did confirm, if you didn't see, William Patterson, uh, the plan is for him to redshirt. So you've had Peter Carey getting some minutes tonight, Monir Hema at times, not in this game. A lot of you have been asking about William Patterson. 7-2 freshman from Brooklyn. He has not played this year, and it doesn't look like he's going to. Autry saying on the ACC media call this week that uh, Patterson – it looks like uh, he is going to redshirt. At least that's the plan for now. Michael drops in to say, love the boys back in Copeland. Even though Benny got the tech, he was the first guy to stick up for Quadier Copeland and a little uh, little, little biggie scuffle that we saw in this one. Billy D, says, Axeman, really happy with the way that uh, we are playing. Much better offensive fluidity in their half-court offense, pushing the pace when they have it slowing it down when we don't. I couldn't agree more, Billy. This was the smartest game, the more patient game that they have played all year. I love this text uh, name here. And when it came in, I had to ask about it. Sam in Syracuse. Sounded out. So what you see on your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, Sam in Syracuse. Sounded out though. Sam in Syracuse. Says, without seeing the numbers, this is the best J.J. has looked shooting the ball all year. Impressive team performance so far, considering the subpar games from Judah and Brown. 
from my guy, Michael MC, just an overall great statement game after Carolina. This group, albeit a young group, shows tremendous moxie and plays really well together. One of JJ's better games. Jacob says, my eyes are on Miami. SU definitely better than lower-tier ACC teams, definitely worse than top-tier ACC teams. But where in that middle group did they fall? I think we will know on Saturday. Johnny B will wrap it up tonight for us tonight, saying, Brent, if this team can scrape a 500 record or barely above with no bad losses, can they get in come March? I think it's going to have to be a little bit better than that, John. And here's the thing. They don't have a quad, they have one quad one win at this point. That could flex out of a quad one win. Root for Oregon to get back in there. But entering tonight, Syracuse was 0-5 in quad one games. Lost all those quality games. Guys, we're talking about really good teams here. I don't want to knock what Syracuse did, right? But you look at those five losses that they had. I ran the numbers on this. Give me a second to find it here in my flurry of notes that I took earlier today. I will here it is. So how do you become an NCAA tournament team? You got to punch up. Syracuse has had some tough games on the schedule. Tennessee, they lost by 17. Gonzaga, they lost by 19. Virginia, 22. Duke, 20. UNC, they lost by 36 points. It's an average of 22 points a game that they lost. Okay? Now, they don't look at margin of victory. By the time March comes around, they're not going to look at that. But they're just going to see straight up you lost those games. So you couldn't punch up there. Syracuse didn't punch up today. It's a 50-50 game. You hope Pitt gets its act together, sticks around in the quad one category. There's about, if my math is correct here, six quad one games still left on the schedule. Could be seven. We'll see how it goes here. That's what matters. So it's not avoid the bad losses, though that would be good. It's what was your quad one record say? Does your quad one record say? You got to get there. Not that quad two doesn't hurt. You want to pile those up as well. So Johnny B, I think you've got the right plan there. But Syracuse still has a lot of work to do if it's going to work its way into being an NCAA tournament team. Great stuff from our Syracuse sports insiders uh, during the game. And as always here, uh, great questions from you guys tonight. So they play Miami on Saturday, which kind of falls into the same category this Pitt team does. I think that's a 50-50 game. And I will check my handy-dandy NCAA net rankings here while we're yapping about it to see where Miami is on the list but the key thing is as i look up their net ranking guys that's the start of three straight at the dome think how tough the schedule has been they've been to hawaii played three great teams they beat oregon on a neutral site they beat lsu at the dome who kind of you know maybe not up to standards but still that's that's a game you got to win in the acc sec challenge they took care of business there Duke, those five games I went over that they lost, hasn't gone well for Syracuse. It's been a rough road for this team. So when you get breaks on the schedule, you've got to cash them in. And with three straight coming up at the Dome, I mean, you got to get two out of those three. So Miami's net ranking right now is 58. When you look at the net rankings and how they work, and let me just remind you guys of how this works, okay? trying to think if there's a way I could pop this on the screen for you. Let me think real quick here. But here's how it works. Okay, just as a little reminder, and I'll see if I can uh, put this on the screen for you guys watching on YouTube. Okay. 
quad one, quad two, quad three. I mean, quad three almost doesn't matter. You know, you just want to avoid as many quad three losses as you can get. That's not the right thing. Sorry, guys. Give me one second here so I can pop this on the screen for you so you can see what I'm talking about. In addition to me just yapping about it here. Okay, here we go. That's what the scale looks like. Quad one wins. Home games has to be between 1 and 30. Neutral site, net ranking between 1 and 50. Road, 1 to 75. Quad two is 31 to 75. So that's where Miami falls. Miami is currently 58 in the net ranking. If it holds, and that's where they are on Saturday, and I can't imagine it's going to change too much, that's a quad two win. Neutral site, 51 to 100, away, 76 to 135. That's all based on net rankings. That's a scale that you want to find, you want to keep close. Look at Syracuse's schedule, look where the net ranking falls, and what they're going to pick up. So Syracuse would pick up a quad two win in that case against Miami, who comes in with a, that's a good net ranking, 58. But this goes to show you tonight something else that Syracuse did. They won on the road in the ACC. It's their first ACC road win. There's such an emphasis on that, and they've got to pick up more of those as they go. Not that you can't take care of business at home. Quad two wins count, too. I know we put so much emphasis on quad one. Quad two at this point. Let me give you the records, by the way, for Syracuse. So Syracuse coming in tonight had a net ranking of 80. They are 0-5 in quad one games. Coming in, so they picked one up. They're now one and five. They are two and zero in quad two, five and zero in quad three. Just to give you a sense of where Syracuse is, three and zero quad four. But I mean, quad four basically doesn't count. That's not something you you want to you want to bank on there. You certainly don't want a loss in that category either. But that almost doesn't count at this point. So Miami starts the stretch of three in a row at home. Students are back Saturday afternoon. There's more Saturday games on the home slate this year. I think you're going to get a good – the crowds have been great at the Dome this year. Somebody was asking me on uh, the text line what I thought the crowd was going to be, and my response was it doesn't matter the size of the crowds this year at the, at the Dome. They've just been into the games. People like this team. They enjoy when this team is – I mentioned how fun Quadier Copeland is to play, but I think this team overall, they can have their moments, and they can – you know, the, how that Pitt game went in the second half, how that Boston College game went, that was a fun game at home. There have been entertaining games. LSU, as we mentioned, at the Dome this year. The crowds have been into it. The crowds have been great. And I feel like they're going to feel good on Saturday. Now, note about Saturday, okay? A couple of things here on the Syracuse basketball front that do not have to do anything with this current team. So uh, let me just pull up the story that Mike Waters wrote about this just to give you the details on it. Syracuse was supposed to get some big visits basketball-wise on Saturday and those are going to have to be rescheduled. The big one was Kyan Anthony, of course, the son of Carmelo Anthony, big-time recruit for the class of 2025. He was going to visit on Saturday along with Nigel James. They are teammates at Lutheran uh, Long Island Lutheran High School, but they had to cancel that visit. Don't panic. Nothing crazy going on. They had a, a practice conflict that they couldn't get out of, so – that visit is going to have to wait. So you're not going to get those guys at that game on Saturday. Still anticipated to visit, though, is Sadiq White. Sadiq is a 6'8 forward from Charlotte 
who is going to take an official visit on Syrac- uh, at Syracuse on Saturday. He is rated number 32 in the top 20 in the 2025 class by 247 Sports. So I was just kind of thinking of how the crowd would react with Kyan Anthony there. Maybe Mello makes an appearance. You never know. But uh, that's not going to happen this Saturday, unfortunately. I know some football players are visiting Saturday. Remember, the football team, first day of the semester was today. Yesterday, reported for their first weight room workouts. So technically, football started. And I think you're going to see a lot of the new football players. All those transfers, Kyle McCord and a number of guys, some freshmen that came in early, they're all here. King Joseph Edwards, notably. And you're going to see a lot of those guys at the basketball game on Saturday. So I think that atmosphere is going to be cool, and it would be a nice quad to pick up for Syracuse and maybe the start of a little bit of a streak if they could do it against the Canes. Speaking of which, if uh, you're going to be there Saturday, come over, say hello, especially our Syracuse Sports Insiders. Let's talk. Maybe Uncle Brent will buy you a beer. You never know. So a couple of things about this week I wanted to know. So that's our next postgame show. After Syracuse takes on Miami, that's a, a nooner at the Dome on Saturday. So we'll have our usual post-game festivities to come after that. But we've got a couple of podcasts coming your way that have a heavy Syracuse basketball tilt. Okay, so uh, we're speaking on Tuesday night, Wednesday, our post-game show. For those that maybe watch this post-game show on their own time. That's going to be there and available to you. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify and Apple and, of course, on YouTube so you never miss a post-game show in case you can't be here live. A couple of uh, other podcasts coming your way this week, though. John Rothstein, CBS Sports Insider. And I'm chuckling as I say it. We sleep in May, right? All the great expressions he has on Twitter. The epitome of brutality. And all those great John Rothstein expressions that you see talk to John Rothstein great conversation you're going to hear his thoughts about the cues about ACC basketball about some things in college basketball that could be better where all these sayings come from right and in the Twitter expressions from John Rothstein so that's coming up this week also coming up this week had a conversation with a Connor Pignatello so Connor uh, covered uh, a number of things for us this week at the Hoopal Classic in Springfield. Mentioned Kyan Anthony. He was there. Donnie Freeman, incoming freshman for Syracuse next year. A couple of other players that Syracuse has their eye on, starting to get into even the class of 2026. Which, when I say that, doesn't that sound like we're watching, like, Blade Runner or something? Like, Back to the Future took place in 2015 when they went to the future and Back to the Future 2. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. I'm talking about recruits in the class of 2026. Like That always freaks me out when I say that. That just sounds like so, where are the flying cars? Anyway, anyway, Connor was in Springfield and went to the Hoopal Classic, and it's just brimming with Syracuse basketball recruiting talk. We talked to him about that, and you're going to hear about Donnie Freeman, how he performed, Anthony, how he performed at the Hoopal Classic. And just some good, meaty SU basketball recruiting talk. That's coming up this week as well. Got a couple other things. Knock on wood. Uncle Brent's working on for you for the podcast. So uh, as we like to say in the podcast world, stay tuned, friends. There's a lot more to come. But... 
We thank you for hanging with us on Syracuse Basketball Postgame, presented by Krause Health. Thanks to our Syracuse Sports Insiders for their great feedback, as always. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk again after Syracuse plays Miami. And as mentioned, those podcasts coming your way.